This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Bachelor Nation. Today, we have Bachelor alum Ben Higgins on the show. Really excited to talk to him, Mike. What do you What do you think? I got so many questions for the homie. Definitely going to get him talked about on here. So yes. we will talk it out with Ben. 1,000%. Sure. But before we do that, bro, you know how we do, man. We got to get to our hot takes. All right. So I just moved back to America. I'm so happy, right? And I saw with my friends, everything, everywhere, all at once. Have you seen that movie, first off? Wait, what's the movie called? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. No, I have never even heard of it, actually. Who's you it? and Rachel were going to see this movie. Okay. I don't care how busy y'all are. You're going to see the movie, right? Text me after the pod. I'm going to for I'm sure make it a point. Bro. What is it, what? Netflix, Hulu, what? No, this is one that's in theaters. You got to actually, you know, Oh, old okay. Old school, like, you know. Two years ago, man, <laughs> like I haven't been to a movie. To I haven't been to a movie theater since before COVID. I Seriously? mean, yeah. bro, I love going to the movie theaters. I go solo. I actually was at the movies when Kobe passed. I'll never forget it. Uh, but yeah, I love the movie theaters. So my hot take that was based off of this movie or came from this movie. So you, Brian, you are a chiropractor. You're a doctor, right? So what? Twenty years ago, you finished bachelor's degree. I would assume. Roughly? Shit, has it been that long? Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's been a long time. 20 years, yeah, yes. 20 I got years. my bachelor's. So, <clears throat> if you could, would you go back 20 years ago <clears throat> and do life differently, knowing where you ended up currently? So, for example, would you have gone to chiropractic school? Would you have gone to veterinary school? Or, or you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to the military. Or did something that one of your friends did back in, uh, in Miami. So wait, I, I I need I need context. So you know man. you know who you are now, right? And like so, then like if I press a button right now, it'll would you take go back me 20? back? And we're 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 going to x out the obvious. You know you're married. Obviously, we know you love big sister Rachel, right? We know that's your wife. If Rachel's not a picture, <laughs> would you go back twenty years ago and do it again? So wait, would so you if I do it so differently. If I, so if I press the button, I go back. I am not cognizant of what yeah, you has don't remember, already happened. You don't, yeah, you don't remember this life. All you know is you're put back in that position. And because this is what I'm trying to get at. We all have choices to make in life, right? At, at your age now, today, me, myself, and I, today, I made a choice. I was eating my Cheetos. And then I remember we had Dr. Amen on. He was like, is this good for your brain? So I threw the pack away. Real, <laughs> that, like, no that's lie. a great question, bro. Like Real talk. And so it was a choice that I made a few hours ago. So we all have choices. If you can go back 20 years ago, you finish your, you had walked across the stage with your bachelor's degree. What would you do? Mike, I mean, yes, I know you prefaced this with 
the whole Rachel situation, but you know there's only one right answer for me, right? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm in a good place in my life. I found my <laughs> wife. I have say a you found her back then. Let's say you I found have, her at 22. I, I, no, I was not ready for a wife wait, at wait. 20. Wait, no, that, that wouldn't be right because she would have been like 18, 17. Yeah, she yeah, would have been under age. All right, we know what to talk about. It. Next, next subject. Next that, subject. I X that <laughs> out. But listen, man, I have a career. You know, it allows me to help people in a natural way. I'm healthy, right? I have a family and friends that love me and I love them back and they support me. I just Where would you that, be? Let me ask you in a better way then. Where would you be if you were not, if you didn't make the choice that you made? Because that was a pivotal choice in your life to go to chiropractic school. Yeah. Where would you be if that if that didn't happen? Where would you be right now? Where do you feel? Honestly, I don't know, man. I probably would be, I don't know, maybe like, I mean, I was into fitness and nutrition back then. Something in the health and wellness arena, I don't necessarily know what it is. So um, you, would, you would be like, um, I believe his name is Martin from Katie season. You'll be in Miami. You'll be a personal trainer. You had a, a cool little haircut. <laughs> yeah, some tattoos. I mean, I, here's the thing, bro. Have you ever heard of the, have you ever seen the movie, The Butterfly Effect with Ashton Absolutely. Kutcher? Of course. That's the thing, bro. It's like, if you go back and you think, oh, I'm going to have a better life, right? It's like better it's than not what you're already... better. Yeah, it's not necessarily better. Correct. Just like any one different decision or move that you make going back to when you're 20 could alter the entire course of your life moving forward. So it's like, you know what can alter your life moving forward in a positive way, though? Literally just doing what you know you're supposed to be doing every single day. It compounds on top of each other every single day. You know, yeah. it like that is a positive that you can do that we can create. Um, so your answer is I, I, I keep I keep it just the way it is, man. Keep I don't need anything changing like I'm good. I'm good at the the current place that I'm at. What about and, you? And you would be in Miami doing something in the health and fitness realm? I mean, that's who knows where I would have gone. Or you feel like you'll be because, yeah, we yeah, don't I, know. Yeah, I feel like at that time, I mean, you mentioned 20 years. I was in college. You know, I was, yeah, I was, I was super into fitness at that time. And I had just started eating healthy. So I, I figure something in that health and wellness maybe – I become a DO, a medical doctor, a chiropractor. Like it, it, it all depends. But something in that field. Fair, fair. For me, man, like my pivotal moment was when I was in community college, and I remember coming home and I told my roommate at the time, I "Was like, homie, I'm joining the military," and he laughed at me. Right, he died laughing. He's like, "Why are you joining that war? You don't need to do that." And if I didn't join the military, I may be in. I may be a statistic right now. Really. I may be. You really, you really think that? I mean, what I, were you doing at the time? I mean, before I was, you decided to go to the military, I was being a follower, right? Like I was, I had a you know a good job, but I was also being a follower in the sense of I wanted, I wanted quick money, and I wanted money now, and mm -hmm. so I was doing things to 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 obtain that, to get that. Talk about some of the stuff in my book, right? And so, I feel that I wouldn't have got away from those individuals you know, that I was trying to emulate. And I feel like I'll be in jail or I might be working like at Walmart, which there's nothing wrong working at Walmart. Uh, I definitely would have, no, because I probably would have worked at Walmart still doing stupid stuff, probably been in and out of jail. And then I would have came like the store manager of a Walmart. And I would be like, oh, wow, you can make money doing like this stuff. And then I probably would have just continued to grow in that space and be like a regional director of like the south of Walmart. That's probably what would have happened. 
Okay. Damn, you have like a, a very I specific. I probably would weigh 50 pounds more, you know? Um, so you feel like, I mean, the what do you feel like the military then gave you discipline? Oh. It gave you a, a vision for your future. It gave you so much. Bro, the thing, like. I can pinpoint exactly what each step gave me, right? The military gave me culture. I had never watched a quote unquote, like Caucasian movie prior to joining the military. Like n none, like Wedding Crashers, like some of my favorite movies. Never have I ever, I was watching like CB4, Friday, Best Man. Like <laughs> all, I, all classics. All, no, for sure, all classics, of <laughs> course. But like the military opened my horizon. I'm so thankful for that. When I left the military, uh, became a financial advisor, you know, did all that stuff. It taught me that the universe really does listen to you if you put in the effort. Right. So first I, I was taught culture. Then I was taught the military will move out of your way. If you put in the effort. Then I was taught right before I uh, got on uh, the bachelorette, I was starting to make great money, like stupid money. And I, I learned that money doesn't make happiness. Right. It doesn't create happiness. And then I went on, you know, the bachelorette or whatever. And I learned that people will not know you and still hate on you. But you can still be just as sweet, can't, right? Can't and so I've learned something wrong. at every single point in time in my life. And so, uh, and now we're here, right? And now we, you know, people, this is kind of cool. This is an ode to you and to all of our team, right? And to all of the fans. Thank you, guys. People stop me more now and say, yo, I listen to your podcast. That's amazing. It happened twice when I was uh, flying that's, that's from Florida That's when you know we're, we're in the process of making it. You we're know in what I mean? Process, <laughs> we're in the process. <laughs> that happened process. twice. It's still a process. Uh on, on one flight, like, yo, on, on two flights. Uh, they, they didn't say, oh, you're Mike from The Bachelor. They're like, yo, I listen to your podcast. I was like, bro, give me a hug. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I, have, I actually have patients that come in and, and talk to me about it. Like, I, just, I heard your hot take the other day. <laughs> like, I think this and this and this. That's like, good. Oh, that's it's great. Yeah, I love when yeah. people have a same opinion or a difference of opinion. You know, I think that is beautiful. You know, I heard this. I'm going to completely butcher it. Opinions are not bullets. Right. I feel that sometimes we live in this world where if someone has a different opinion of of us or that that our opinion was, they automatically think that oh, we have to be at war with each other or at odds yeah. with each other. It's not my opinion isn't a bullet shot to your heart. You know what I mean? That's just how I feel. I can my mind can be changed. I'm not married to the thought. One thousand percent. I mean, everybody has everybody has a difference of opinion all the time. Right. I mean. A lot of things that we've, we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's, it could be our preference. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't invade on anybody else's preference. I, my life is my life. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, we live how to each their own, right? I mean, we to live the own, way we want to live. And, you know, I'm not trying to worry about, you know, how others are living their life. But, yeah, it is what it is, man. I, I totally agree with you. It is what it is. But, you know, our guest today... <laughs> I can't wait to ask him that question. Would you do it differently? That's a very uh, interesting question. Yeah, would you do it differently? You know, him being the bachelor, him uh, him and his wife, his beautiful wife, I met her, I met, I know Jess, uh, abstaining from sex, but here is his bachelorette saying that they had sex or whatever, uh, and just a lot of stuff, it's, it's messing with his, it has messed with uh, his head a bit. I wanna know, would he do anything different? So, talking now, fam. Let's talk it out with Ben Higgins.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ben, what is going on, my man? This is the first ever time having first ever the man, the myth, the legend, Ben Higgins on the show. How are you, buddy? I've been waiting for this moment. I'm doing well. Uh, <laughs> I am. I've, I've been waiting for a while, and uh, this is an exciting time for me. But I'm doing well. Here's the only reason why uh, I'm not doing well, and I'm going to sound very old by saying this, but I live in Golden, Colorado, it is snowing outside. It's oh it's like, uh, I don't know if you guys are, will post this in a few weeks or recent, but it's it's May, early May, mm. and it's snowing. And I, I sound like my like my father when I'm like, the weather's so cold. It it should not be snowing right now. It should and not be snowing no. at all. It's May. No. It's, it's summertime. And yeah, yeah, come to Texas. We got it. Come to Austin. You and wifey come yeah. to Austin. We got you out here. Thanks, man. I was just in San Antonio doing a little speaking thing at a at a concert last week, and it was it was nice. So I would love to come back. Oh, nice. I uh, I spent an extensive amount of time out there. You know, I have to say before we even get into this, everyone listening, I call Ben often. You know, sometimes I call Ben just to say how he's doing. We do the same back and forth. Ben Higgins is one of the most outstanding men in Bachelor Nation. Thank you for who you that, are. I don't know if that's true. Uh, I could argue <laughs> to me, against that. To but me, that in is my very heart, nice that's true. To me, that's in my very heart, nice that's very it's all, true. It's all that matters, as long as Mike thinks it. That's it. It <laughs> it's is. All that. <laughs> <Mike> <laughs> <thinks> it. <laughs> um, well, thanks, Mike. That's that means a lot, and it's a it's a good way to start this. I uh, I do appreciate you saying that. You know, I try. Um, right. I guess would be the the way I would say that. And then also, Ben, you asked our producer this. So I want to ask you this on a scale mm-hmm. of one to ten. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing great uh, on a scale of one to ten. Okay, so I'm doing uh, nine today. Oh wow, we're doing great today. I'm doing really good. Uh, currently, my puppy is at my feet. Uh, I don't have any shoes or socks on. Those are getting warmed up. My wife is going to be coming home from work uh, in about forty-five minutes, uh, okay. and um, we do this Long little stop. thing where Wayland kind of like uh, my puppy ruined it for me. I was I thought I was a good husband. We haven't been married that long. But you know how dogs get really excited when somebody walks to the door? Like they run up and they jump and they lick and they act like the world's, you know, yeah, so world. much better. Yes. Well, I wasn't doing that. Uh, I'd never done that. But now because my puppy does that, that's kind of what my puppy and I do together when she walks to the door. So it's always an exciting time in our house when she gets home. We both run up to her and freak out. I love that. That's so yeah, small. I love that, So man. I'm excited. Jess, I know she she's an amazing woman in her own yep. right, and so I know she loves that. <laughs> yeah, she does. She just wants to be loved, and I do love her, so it's easy. So on that subject, man, I mean, mm-hmm. congratulations. You guys Thank are us. finally married. Um, any yeah. advice out there for newlyweds? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, oh, for man. newlyweds. Yeah, I, I would say um, my advice. So Jessica and I... I'm biased. I do believe we have a good, a, a really good relationship, like a good marriage. Um, I know, I guess I can speak for her and say that I've seen it in her, her desire to understand me, 
to love me well, um, to sit with me in my pain. It, she doesn't mm. always do it perfectly. Um, and, and I would say that, you know, I could speak for myself and say I have that same desire for her. Um, I want to love her well. I want to understand her. I want to sit with her in her pains and her celebrations. Um, so my advice would be, though, even if that's like your intent, you're going to get it wrong. Um, there's many moments that we've had in six months of marriage now that, uh, I've, I've fallen very short, not realizing it sometimes even intentionally falling short because I'm, I'm in a bad mood or I'm resentful. And I would say, give yourself some grace. Also understand this person, um, loves you. And so for the first time in my life, I have somebody that when I'm even resentful towards, like, I'm like, Hey, you didn't pick up the dishes last night. And I've carried that weight with me all day now. And I'm going to leave them in the sink until you get home. And I'm going to be <laughs> upset about it. I'm not going to say a word to you about it. And I'm going to watch and see if you ever clean them. Um, I have somebody in my life now for the first time ever that I actually um, desire to communicate with and say, hey, like, I'm feeling this way towards us right now or towards you right now. Um, and this is why. And for it not to be with fear of her, like, leaving or being like, hey, we ain't friends no more. Um, I was just about to say, you sound like a best friend. Yeah, like it's uh, it's with her saying, okay, well, here's why I'm mad at you too. Let's figure this out. And we sit on the couch and we figure it out. And so just give yourself some grace to figure some stuff out. It, it's not easy, but it's beautiful and it's a lot of fun. It's just not easy. And that's what I'd say to newlyweds. Just like if it feels like all you do is miss the mark, well, ask your partner to you know to help you start hitting the mark again. Yeah, help you help you get your aim back. What has been the biggest thing, uh, the biggest adjustment? Ooh, uh, she wakes up at like five thirty. You guys, you guys both seem like early morning risers. You both probably wake up early, Rachel get a cup of coffee. Me, so I feel yeah, you, yeah. And so like she wakes up. The dog sleeps in a uh, in a like a crate in our room. So he wakes up. Um, and I thought I was doing fine at like the 6, 15, 6.30 wake up. Um, that's a, that feels like a good time in life. There's no Still reason early. for me to be getting up, you know, too much earlier than that. But she wakes up and she works out. So the dog wakes up. So I wake up. That's been a hard adjustment. Um, I would also say our, and, and she would admit to this too, our cleanliness standards. I'm realizing I'm crazy. Uh, I have like, I clean Often, if there is, if like I walk in and there is dirt on the floor, which is very common in Colorado because we live in the desert and it's just a little bit of dirt, like that's not going to be there tomorrow morning. I'm going to make sure that's cleaned up, uh, which is a, is a little psycho of me. Jessica, she could go, I don't even know how long she could go Leave without that being cleaned up. Yeah, it could be there for a couple of days at least. Um, and so I think that um, has been an adjustment. But mostly the wake-up time. Uh, I'm tired, boys. Uh, yeah, NBA playoffs are on. They don't get over <laughs> here till like 11 o'clock. I'm watching them, and then at 5.30, somebody's moving around. And as yeah. hard as they try to stay quiet, it's it's not good yeah, enough. Yeah, that last hour is – you could just throw that away because yeah. you're not getting any quality sleep. No. Um, and what? I'm just curious, man, like what your communication styles, because I know – Rachel and I had a little bit of a transition period where she's like the type that wants to tackle subjects right away. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of the person that likes to take a beat, mm -hmm. kind of compose myself. You know, I don't want to say anything that I you know, don't want to say. So I kind of need a little time and then mm -hmm. I'm able to come together and talk about it and communicate. Like you said, like, is there can you compare and contrast your communication mm -hmm. styles? Yeah. Uh, you know, Jessica is very um, 
confrontation scares her. Uh, she doesn't like it. Now, it's easier, I think, as we've gotten married because we've gotten more used to conf- like a healthy confrontation. Uh, you know, um, there's no reason for me to blow up on her and yell at her or her vice versa, which maybe was the case in past relationships where uh, we were immature or we had to learn those things. Like when, when we confront something, it needs to be done in a healthy way. And that that's taken some like that some training and so i would say i i um i'm an only child and i say this all is going to make sense i'm an only child i lived uh in denver for eight years alone in in my own house uh in a small house and when i say house it was like 700 square feet might as well a bit of apartment that wasn't like uh hey i had a house when i was young it was like a no it was just very small but um i got really used to like just get in my own head uh thinking through things on my own processing Mm -hmm. through it on my own which i don't think was healthy i always thought it was i think there's a level to that but that was healthy but what i'm realizing with jess is i have a lot of insecurities um outside of our relationship because of me getting in my own head so much and so uh we've both gotten better at just starting to talk shakes the other day and i'll tell you this and this might be she might not be thrilled that i said this but the other day we're in the kitchen this wasn't more than a week ago and she says i miss you i was like what what do you miss me she goes i just feel like we haven't connected in a while and i feel like you haven't told me about your life in a while and i was like really i didn't realize that i thought i was telling you everything she's like i don't know anything that's gone on in your life in the last three weeks like i have no clue ben she goes i miss you and then I started to think, I was like, you're right, because I've been telling myself all the stuff that's going on in my, head, in my life, in my head for the last three weeks. And so I haven't told my wife. And now there is that reciprocal communication. Um, it, yeah. So I think we're both getting better at least talking about stuff because it's done. It's, it's in a safe environment. I do, though, feel like I'm more likely to get in my own head than she is. But she also doesn't she typically doesn't like to confront things. So we've had to kind of figure out, okay, what's a good middle ground there? Well, that was awesome on her to, I hate using the word confront sometimes because it has a negative connotation, but that was awesome for Jessica to tell you that she misses you. Yeah. And speak that up because at times I think we or our partner thinks that we are mind readers and we're not. And Mm -hmm. so I'm really glad that she said that, you know, so you can like, oh, I'm sorry. You're right. And how, I mean, and just like how wise of her to, I'm, I don't know if she thought through how she was going to open that up to me, but like for somebody to tell you I miss you, like there's yeah, no like that hits home. Yeah, there's no wall that goes up where I'm like defensive and like what are you talking about? It's like wait, no, yeah. you miss like you actually, well you miss me? Like that's oh. <laughs> that's incredible. Like all right, let's talk this out. And so just really wise of her how she you know how she talked to me about it, and we still ended up at a really good place afterwards. We just had to talk about it. I love that. Uh, That's something that I know that being single for so long is something that I'll have to work on. It's honestly Mm -hmm. the reason why I even got a roommate uh, and my ex-roommate, because I can stop trying to do everything my way and just keep it all in my head uh, for that very reason. I I love that you've been, you know, opening up more and just being courageous in your words and and, and within all of us as audience and just you within your own relationship. Uh, And we know that you just got married six months ago. Yeah. I didn't get the invite, you know, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I love you, bro. And during your engagement, um, you and Jessica were abstaining from sex. Yep. How do you feel that journey helped strengthen your relationship? 
Well, uh, that is true. And when we successfully accomplished that mission. Um, Congrats. Congrats, yeah. I mean, there's multiple angles to why that decision was made, right? Uh, okay. I think people hear it from the outside and they, they assume it was strictly a, a faith decision. Um, or a religious decision might be a, a better way to explain that. It wasn't solely that. Now, we both um, believe in Jesus. That is something that is at the foundation, the corner of our life. It, it, it is what we try to have everything come out of. Um, we also, because of that, do believe that sex is sacred. Um, we believe it is something very powerful, uh, something very important to consider and hold dear, um, to talk about, to express. We also believe it's an awesome thing. It's a gift. And uh, in my life, personally, uh, I was famously, or, or very, I guess I should say almost famously. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. Uh, for Caitlin Bristow calling me out and saying, are you a virgin, right? And I said, no, I'm not. And I wasn't. Now, Jessica had her whole life and she had held sex dear and uh, had abstained from sex her whole life. And so when I entered in that relationship with her, I said, OK, what's our, like we both talked, talked it out and said, what is the wise thing to do here for us? And it was, hey, you've worked so hard to keep this moment special for you. And I've had failed relationships where that has been a part of my life. And so let's try. Like, let's see what happens there because we have a whole life together, right? We didn't imagine. Now, here's the joke on us. When we got engaged, we didn't think COVID was going to shut down our wedding for a year and a half. So the big <laughs> joke on us was, hey, let's wait a year longer than you expected. Um, but it, I, so the question was, like, what, what came of that? One is uh, it wasn't easy. And so it forced us to grow stronger together in our commitment to each other. It, it also... Um, got us really excited um, for when we, we did get married. Uh, there was something very special there, um, something that we that. were going to work through as a married couple when we had already committed our lives to each other. Um, and then finally, I think there was a level two where because that physical part of our relationship was, was uh, I guess, not an option, it forced us uh, and allowed us to communicate with our words a lot easier. Uh, and so we talk things out. We talk the weird stuff out, the uncomfortable stuff out. We talk about random stuff. We spent our time um, talking or having experiences together. Um, and and I'm not going to say that uh, it's for everybody. I don't right. actually, I would not put my stake in the ground and say everybody should do this uh, at all. I actually would, would very much push against that and say, no, this is a decision you need to make if it is right for you. But for us, it was right and it feels right and it feels like it was... A healthy decision. I'm really glad that, um, I guess I'm proud of myself, um, so, that I was able to respect my wife and her decision her whole life. And I'm proud of her, um, because, uh, now, uh, it's very healthy and we have that special, uh, bond that existed once we got married. Guys definitely have a special bond. I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, you don't impute that upon everyone. You all, you, you continue to say, this is what we did. This is what we chose to do. Uh, our decision, it does not have to be your decision. So uh, definitely like that you said that as well. And, I, and you guys definitely do have a special bond to each other. Yeah, it is. It, 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 was, it wasn't the easiest of times, boys. No, I can't even imagine because, I mean, if you yeah. saw during COVID, during quarantine, yeah. a lot of couples, you know, baby, boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, married, whatever the case may be, they separated because they were together. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have the space that they used to have with work and, you know, other activities. So the fact that you guys were abstaining from sex, 
you know, it just brought, actually brought you guys closer together. You were able to communicate so much during yeah. that time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. A lot of people had babies during that time, too. Yeah, so. COVID babies. Speaking yeah. of babies, oh, there have been a lot of Bachelor Nation babies <laughs> lately. I mean, are, yeah. can we expect a uh, little baby Higgins in the future, in the near future? Uh, I thought that was, I mean, I think we both, Jess and I both thought like, hey, we got a good time uh, line here set up. And then we got a puppy. And, and then we got a puppy. The, the baby before the baby. Yeah, and we were sitting and on the floor a uh, like a month ago. The pup, uh, Waylon's six months old now. It was about a month ago. We're sitting on the floor, and he's biting our hands, and he's waking up in the middle of the night and all these things. And we both said, I think this pushes our timeline back a little bit. I I, I think we are going to reconsider what this looks like. You know, she's young, um, and I'm, I'm older. I'm 33. She's 26. And... I would say that, you, like, ideally, if, like, all goes perfectly to plan, uh, it would be, like, two years um, from now uh, that we'd be, you know, trying and, and she would be, you know, 28. I'd be in my mid-30s. I have a lot of buddies in their mid-30s who just had kids. It feels like a really fun, healthy time. And, you know, my buddies won't be going to stagecoach anymore and they won't be trying to travel the country <laughs> and go do this ridiculous stuff every weekend and keep me up till... 2 a.m. And so um, it just feels like at that point, like everybody would try to be slowing down. 2 a.m. is an um, early night, Ben. What's that? 2 a.m. is an early night. <laughs> you're, cr- you're crazy. Um, yeah. So I, that would be my, that would be our ideal. I, I okay. don't know. I mean, if we had a baby tomorrow, I think we both would be excited and ready, but both be scared out of our minds because this puppy has, if we've had some, we've had some, both had some tears over raising a puppy together, which scares us for a child. How do you think the puppy would uh, react with the child? Fine. He's a perfect angel if it's not Jess and I. If it's if it's Jess and I, he's all up in our business. If there's anybody else, anybody else, he's the perfect angel to them. Um, he's a good pup. We love him, and he is. But, yeah, I think he'd be fine. He does like his attention, so I think that would be a hard, hard thing kind of, for him uh, to understand. What, what, what kind of dog breed is Waylon? Yeah, so here's an interesting story. Um, we adopted Waylon, um, Elise, uh, from uh, Colton's season of The Bachelor. I don't know if you know Elise. She's Blake Hortzman's roommate right now. Um, she was moving from Arizona to Denver. I was driving through the desert in Arizona, saw this dog uh, outside of her window. She thought it was a coyote. She didn't really know. It was kind of like out in the distance. So she got out to take a picture of it. The dog ran up to her, and it was... Um, it was like it wasn't a coyote. It was a dog. It was a domesticated dog, but it had it was severely uh, underfed. It was dehydrated. It had a broken leg, and so she's like, "I can't leave this dog in the desert." So she picks it up, puts it in her car, drives it to Denver, starts nursing this dog back to health. And as uh, she's nursing back to health, she's starting to try to like find houses for this dog to go to. She's like, "I just moved to Denver. I didn't want to get a dog uh, to take away from my time meeting new friends." She started to fall in love with this dog. Well, one night on the couch, the dog's belly started moving, and she was pregnant with eight puppies, and Waylon is one of those puppies. So he is a straight mutt. Um, he has husky, <laughs> German shepherd, lab, pit bull, blue oh, healer. He's definitely wanting wow. attention. He's definitely wanting yeah. attention. So definitely. he has a lot, of, a lot of stuff in him. Uh, but it's a cool story, and so we adopted uh, uh, one of those puppies because we just kind of fell in love with the mom oh and then God. fell in love with the idea of, that, you know, Waylon was out in the desert with his mom for who knows how long, and now he's in her house.
You just gave me a show idea. There should be like a Bachelor Pups Nation show. <laughs> You're on to something there, that'd Mike. Be crazy. <laughs> hey, man. Be crazy. All I know is Copper would give everybody a run for their money. <laughs> <laughs> Every, Good. Everybody would be like, oh, my dog's going to win. My dog's going to win. Oh, my dog's going to win. My dog's going to win. That would be hilarious. Ben, yeah. I have to ask. You you, yeah. you mentioned Caitlin Bristow. Uh, mm-hmm. You know I love you, Def. I have to ask. Wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't. Yeah. Caitlin was, you know, saying that she had sex with all three guys that she had was in the fantasy suites with. Uh, it was bothersome, uh, needless to say, obviously. Uh, how do those conversations go? Because uh, I can't imagine being a married man. You mm. and Brian both are. Yeah. And your life is like public like that. You know, how how was that for you guys? Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't know if Jess ever... I'm sure she saw something or somebody sent her something, I'm sure. Uh, and she, at this point, I think probably, uh, I'm assuming a lot here. I'm assuming Jess saw it. She probably didn't love it. It probably didn't make her feel great. And she probably uh, closed that article up and said, there, there isn't a reason for me to bring this to Ben because I know where we're at. I know what we're building. I know how committed he is to me. And I, there isn't anything healthy that would come from me bringing this up to him. Like if I, like if she wants me to explain myself to her, I can. I would gladly. I will. I'm not gonna lie or hide anything. It's hard to do because, well, it's televised. Um, <laughs> but it also, I think that's one of the coolest parts. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever felt this way in past relationships. I, I, I oftentimes had a lot of insecurity when it came to somebody having eyes for somebody else when you're dating them, right? And so I always had this like underlying feeling, like kind of like, hey, I need to control or protect, which is a very unhealthy fe- like unhealthy attitude towards a relationship. It's not good of me to feel that way, but I just always had to fight that. With Jessica, one of the, one of the many reasons why I knew um, that we were going to be awesome together is like there is no jealousy. There's no fear in my heart so of stepping out. There's no fear in my heart of her stepping out. Um, she knows enough about my past uh, to know that like, hey, I've done things in my life that maybe she hasn't done. Uh, but that isn't who we are now. And um okay. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it's weird. Uh, you know, I remember even one of the hardest things it, past even Caitlin. Caitlin had reached out to me after that came out. And she's like, hey, that wasn't my intention. I was like, I know that, Caitlin. Like, I know Caitlin's mm-hmm. intentions was not to bring up something, right? She's Correct. engaged. Like, that can't be fun for them either. I'm sure yeah. Jason's not sitting at home like, hey, I love to read about this. Um, it wasn't I, – I, I listened to the article or listened to the interview, and it was like – a very passing statement. It was just like, hey, this is my experience. I don't think she meant anything by it, and it got blown up, right? Um, like most. But one of the things that was hard was, uh, if you remember during COVID, The Bachelor was running um, pre or reruns of seasons, which I was excited about because it's cool to to be back involved at some level and to feel like, hey, like this thing, even though the relationship didn't work out, it, it wasn't like just doesn't die and get put on a shelf for you know, all together. So they were doing the reruns and they asked Jessica to be a part of that with me. And that was really cool. And so we were watching it that night and then like very quickly turned it off. And we're like, yeah, this isn't healthy for us. Like <laughs> this isn't good for us. Like, um, that was harder than reading an article. I think I seeing see it, um, it's not fun. And we, I mean, honestly, we try to protect ourselves from that 
as best we can because I don't want to see it and she doesn't want to see it. And so why would we watch it? Or why would we read about it? Or why would we talk about it unless it was really like aching at one of our um, souls? Mm -hmm. There's no reason to bring it up. I agree with you. How has the show affected your life post being The Bachelor? Dude, every way. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I think the cool thing is uh, my friends are still the same. I haven't lost any close friends uh, that were friends in middle school and high school and college. They've made it grown. They probably think I'm a little bit. Actually, they don't think I'm cooler. Uh, they told me I was going to be king of the nerds if I became the bachelor, and then I became the bachelor, and like you're king of the nerds. I don't know if any of them even watched it. I don't know if I've ever talked to them about right. the show much, other than like, you know, hey, I'm going I, back in the day. I was like, hey, I'm going to LA for this. Um, they I, so my friendships stay the same. My family uh, relationship has gotten even better because we get to do cool stuff together. Like my dad gets the caddy for me at now at golf tournaments that I get invited to and we play alongside people that I grew up like watching on television and he gets to sit down and have, you know, dinner next to some of the old former Cubs and he's a big Cubs fan. So we freak out about that and that's cool. Uh, you know, my mom, um, is an incredible, uh, human with a really, uh, complex and beautiful story. And she's got to go on interviews and podcasts talking about her experiences and, um, get to travel together. We, yeah. So that's been cool. I'd say the, the biggest change for me is career. I was a software salesman. I wasn't a good one. I was sitting in the basement of this company in, um, in Denver writing, uh, like software user, user manuals. I was a business analyst. And, um, so I said software salesman. I was, I was, when you're a business analyst, you're kind of like account managing and also, um, assisting in the development and uh of the software i won't go any more into that i'm getting bored myself but um anyways that's what i was doing i didn't love it i, I wasn't good at it uh, i knew i wasn't good at it i wasn't passionate about it i felt like a robot uh i did it for five years i did it a year and a half even after i was the bachelor um hmm. until i felt like okay i'm at a place in life where i can get my own health insurance uh, I can start a company, which is where we started Generous Coffee Company from. Um, it's when a podcast for me started, uh, which was a huge gift to my life. Uh, and so I would say just career-wise, I've been able to now kind of do and invest into things that I really love uh, instead of sitting in a basement feeling like a robot. That's been the, the most drastic change for me in my life, which has also made me more human. Uh, and I, I, I like that more. And one of the things, Ben, that came, you know, from the platform, obviously, was your book, Alone in Plain Sight. Yeah. And uh, you discuss a lot of your struggles, you know, from the show and whatnot. And you talk about the negative impact on your mental health and even your relationship that the show has had. Um, would you go back and change anything if you could? No, 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 no. And, and I don't mean... Like, the show is really good to me. I, I, I can't speak for everybody and say it's good to everybody that does it. Um, I think there's good things that every person that goes on the show can find from that experience if they for want sure. to. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I've been criticized for saying that, and I believe that. I believe that even if, even if you go on that show and um, you're a villain and you feel like only bad came from it. I know that sucks, and I know it hurts. Uh, I know it's not fun. Criticism is not easy to handle, especially when you're just a normal human stepping on a TV show trying to be yourself, and all of a sudden the world feels like it's falling down around you. However, 
I believe that if you if we all took the time to maybe not accept every piece of criticism, in fact, maybe don't accept any of the criticism, but to learn from what you're seeing and how you're behaving on television, I believe that's a really healthy human behavior. I think you can grow from that and learning lesson. Yeah. It's a learning lesson. And if you and you've seen people like we could sit here and name off people who have gone on the show who have been viewed poorly but then maybe gone back on paradise or maybe just gone back into the spotlight and said, Hey, I have some stuff to work on. I'm going to try to tweak some stuff and figure out why I behave this way. And you've seen them thrive post-show like thrive. They've, they've found their career path. They've maybe found a partner. Maybe, maybe they've gone back on a show and kind of had their redemption moment. Those things happen. Now, with all that being said, this is really weird. Um, I remember where I was at when I got the phone call to be the bachelor. I was at a meeting in Tampa, Florida, which is where I was working at the time, um, going back and forth between Denver and Tampa. I stepped out of my uh, office. I took the phone call. They said, Hey, do you want to be the bachelor? And I said, yes. And then I sat back down at my desk in this cubicle, uh, and started typing a user manual again. Uh, I don't know. Six weeks later, I show up to LA. Uh, they pick me up in a black car. I go to this big old mansion. They have me staying at some four seasons or five seasons, whatever that really fancy hotel is called there. And I'm feeling like a rock star, like a rock star. I was watching um, the ball drop on New Year's and there's a big old poster of me up against this uh, building. Like you feel like king of the world. And that to me was more unhealthy. That to me is where I started to feel alone because I started to believe all of that. I started to let that stuff sink in. I wasn't prepared. And I always joke about this and people kind of like laugh and be like, oh, you're so funny. You're, or not, you're so funny. They've never said that about me. I guess they would say, hey, you're self-deprecating. So it's like endearing, I, I think would be the word. But I mean this. Uh, the hardest thing about being on The Bachelor is that you have no tangible skill set to become famous. I'm not a singer. I'm not a dancer. I'm not an artist. Uh, I wasn't a, a very successful business person. And so all of a sudden, you just get put on The Bachelor because they think you can date a bunch of people successfully and maybe well. And because of that, I, after a while, I had nothing to be proud of. And that's what made me feel most lonely. I was like, I'm on the cover of magazines or people are following me on Instagram because of a show. But I have no, I have nothing to hold on to with that, especially after the relationship ended. Until some of this stuff started to get created, like Generous. Um, and started the, some of the, the advocacy work uh, got done. And then I was like, okay, I can be proud of this because the platform that was handed to me for no good reason is now being used for something better. And, be, and, and with all of that, like being said, I can be proud of myself now. You established be, like a purpose for yourself. It seems a like. purpose because yeah. before we're just, what we're just a bunch of people that go and frolic on a beach or go and frolic in a mansion for a bit. And people like to watch and criticize. Um, 100%. and that's fair and fun. Uh, but, but ultimately like, and, and I mean it when I say this, like ultimately, when it comes down to it, we're just there for entertainment. And Correct. that feels odd. And after that hits and sinks in, especially when I feel like you've been the lead, when you just feel like you've been there for the entertainment of others, it feels pretty lonely. Um, so then that next season of life is trying to figure out, well, what, what do you do uh, with this gift that's been given to you? And I will say, I will always say, The Bachelor has been a huge gift to me um, in so many ways. And who helped no, you man. cope? I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. No, I just wanted to know, like, who helped you cope during that time? I mean, it seems like you were really struggling. I mean, who in your life was that person that you could lean on? Well, I uh, I called um, two of my buddies who are pastors, and I said, hey, I need you to hold me accountable um, 
during this season of life. That was a big deal. Um, they played more of a distant role, kind of, hey, I have a question. Or at the time, I was um, getting a lot of criticism from the Christian community for going on the show. Uh, so I felt like I didn't have my my tribe. I didn't have my people. Like, you know, as somebody who believes in Jesus and tries to do the best to love others and to, and, and to love myself and to love my neighbor, I felt like I was very isolated um, because the group that I thought would like give me a big old hug and take me in was kind of the ones that were making me feel the worst. And so I needed them. I needed a pastoral council to be like, okay, am I crazy? Am I, am I not seeing any of this correctly or am I? And I just need your reassurance. And so I can have some confidence walking forward. I also called up four friends and these four friends are, are, are people in my life that I trust uh, deeply and that I know love me and that I know want to see me succeed. Um, jealousy might be a small part of our relationship at times, but it is not a, a, a big part of our relationship. So I called them and I said, hey, um, life's going to get really weird for me. I don't know where it's going to spit me out. I need you to be there. Uh, I need to be able to tell you everything going on. Uh, mistakes I make, good things I do. I need to be able to celebrate with you. Like if I land a new job, a hosting gig, I need to be able to call you and know that you're going to celebrate that for me and with me. Or if I get fired and I don't get hired, or if I mess up and um, say something stupid publicly that like, you know, isn't going to land well, I need you to also be there to hold me accountable and tell me when I was wrong. I just need some trusted voices in my life because everybody else is going to be yelling in my ear. And the criticism comes in fast and it comes in strong. And I need to be able to know if that criticism is valid, uh, if I need to hear it and listen to it, or if I need to like push it aside and say, no, that that is not right. Like that was not my intention. That is not my, what I need to hear. Um, and then finally, my family, uh, my mom and dad had a really weird time at first with this whole thing. Um, they were just kind of like having fun with it. And then it turned into this kind of like weird where they would have to hear way too much about my life than they wanted to hear. Um, uh, and then they felt like they couldn't help me any longer. Uh, I remember the conversation when we, they called me and they said, I, we just don't feel like we understand your world right now. And as a result, we don't know how to be good parents to you as, as an adult and as somebody that's, it, that's on television and getting criticized, like, uh, but also getting celebrated. Um, and that even in itself was helpful for them to tell me that like, Hey, we don't know how to be there for you right now. And so it, it kept me to take a step back and be like, okay, who am I if all of this weird bachelor stuff goes away? I'm still their son. I still need them, desire to have a relationship with them. And so what does that look like if the bachelor isn't the main focus of every conversation we have? And so I'd say that's the kind of the circle, the, the group that came around me um, and helped me get through the, the craziest of times. They're still there in my life today, but the craziest of times, that, that was the group I was pouring pour myself into. Nice. I think that's a gem right there, man. For everyone listening, <clears throat> whether you're on TV or not on TV, if you're just going through a season right now to where uh, you may be criticized or you're going through a season to where you've never stepped foot in and no one else around you has stepped foot in, what you just said right there is, Ben, I could, you know, that's definitely a gem right there for people to listen to. Oh, I, I, I actually would say, yeah. I mean, I would say that every single human needs some type of group like that. Now it could be one person. For certain. Uh, For certain. It could, but like, can you imagine guys? Like I've always said this, like the biggest compliment that I've ever received in my life is when a friend of mine looks at me and says, Hey, I need, I just need you to be there for me. I need you to, to hold me accountable. I need you to celebrate with me. 
because I know you love me and I know you and I, and I trust you to do that in a, in a way that's healthy and wise. Like what a compliment to get. And so like if somebody's listening, they're like, well, that's an awkward conversation to have. It's not really. I mean, it's really just asking somebody that you believe in and that you trust in um, to have a bigger piece of you. And that's a beautiful compliment to that other person. I hope they see it that way. Um, and then it helps it helps walk life feeling less alone, which is, I would argue, one of the worst feelings, if not the worst feeling we could have is is being is being alone. Is being alone in plain sight. That's right. Thanks that's for the right. plug. I got you. It was a great book. <laughs> I got you, man. Um, thank you for that as well. I, that's something that I, me and my friends always, me and the homies, we, we strive for that. And like that you said, you told your friends, I want you to celebrate with me. Mm, you know, yeah. because a lot of times I think that so many people don't celebrate their wins in life because yeah. they may feel some type of way or another about it, or they may feel like someone else may be jealous. But, you know, it's a great thing for you and your friends to celebrate uh, the ups of life, the victories within life. It's also make sure that you're there during the downs of life as well. Yeah. And in this world, it's hard. I don't know if you guys feel this way ever. Um, you both have uh, great stuff going on outside of your time on the show, but I didn't. Right. I mean, I kind of had the show to lean on for, for a big period of my life is kind of like, this is the coolest thing. And one of the most important things that ever happened to me. Um, and I, and because of how much weight I was putting into the chase for relevancy or to stay up on whatever was going on, um, the more jealous I would become, uh, envious, um, resentful of other cast members or people that come through the show or other leads. Um, I found myself wishing ill will sometimes on the leads that were coming up behind me. And that's not the man I want to be. I've heard that a lot. Yeah. That's not yeah. the person I want to be. That's not, that's not in, in 30 years when this show and this period of my life is so meaningless, I don't want to look back on it and, and think, oh, I spent that time just wanting other people to fail. Yeah. Like what a terrible mindset, what a terrible <laughs> spot to be in. But I found myself getting in that place. And so I had to combat that and to do what you were saying, Mike, I had to start finding ways to almost and force myself to celebrate the successes of other people coming from the show. And that's why, um, for a period of time, I didn't, I didn't get to talk to Clayton. Um, he was the first one. But it's why, like one, of, and I said this a few months ago. But it's one of the only things that I hold dear now is the ability to talk to bachelors coming behind me and try to give them some like encouragement, even just to make them feel less alone, or to make them feel like, hey, if Ben did it, I can do it. Um, just try to do. It's why that it was almost at first this like forced. I need to reach out to this person because I do want to see them do well. I don't want to see them hurt through this process. Um, it's maybe my only role in the franchise now. It's a role that I've created and a role that I hold dear. I don't know if it will exist anymore, right? We, we didn't get the Clayton uh, call. But I do feel like for me, um, it is. It, it came from that place of I, I was very envious. And now I want to switch that to start celebrating these people and start getting to know them a little bit better so that um, maybe when they kind of come through the process and they start to get confused and it feels chaotic maybe they can turn back to me and say hey thanks for being there <laughs> you know thanks for making me feel like I, I wasn't alone in this I mean that would be that'd be really great no I love that man that's exactly what it's all about uh, kind of like 
you said your two pastors, when they would give you advice, it was kind of from a distance, but they were always there and you knew they were always there. Yeah, I knew they were always, I, I, I mean, I, the people that I asked, I asked them because they had the ability if they left that trust circle to break me, but I didn't believe they were going to leave and they haven't left. Um, gotcha. they got me through it. They committed to it. I asked them, Hey, can you commit to this? Can you take this responsibility on? Um, I think it's important. I think it's important for, you know, we're obviously talking a lot about a television show that kind of threw us into a whole new world. I think it's just important in life. I, th I don't, um, I think this conversation is bigger than a television show, bro. I think yeah. this conversation is about, uh, a, a guy that, you know, was young and became widely successful. Yes. Based off the show, but this story can apply to so many different things, you know? Yeah. I hope, I hope people hear that. Like, you know, what are you saying? I don't mean to cut you off. No, I just hope people hear that where they hear it and they go, um, Hey, wherever you're at in life, community's uh, a gift. That's important. Um, also, uh, if it needs to be forced like me, getting yourself in a place to celebrate other people's successes, I promise you frees you. Um, it releases a, a burden and a weight that you, you probably have been carrying. And it also opens you up to love people better, which I believe is central in my faith. Um, to love people well. Would you say that there's a space within that to where you are allowed to feel something other than, you know, extreme happiness for the for the next person? Um, I mean, I think as humans, yeah. I think we have to feel what we're going to feel. Um, yeah. You know, there's many... I, I, I do think I have to check myself. Um, so typically, and it happens still often, I, the, don't hear this and think that this is like all gone away. And now I'm just like the happiest dude for everybody else that's thriving. That's what right? I'm trying to get people to understand. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um, it still happens. Typically that's a, a me problem. Something's going on in my heart, um, uh, that I then need to dig into a little bit, um, that I need to ask myself, okay, why is it, uh, that I see this person doing this? Why is it that I'm not happy for them? Um, okay, real quick, side tangent. Uh, in the in the uh, early Judaism, uh, sacrifice has always been a part of Judaism. Uh, it's always been a central focus. In fact, the sacrifice was oftentimes like a big barbecue, right? They would have an animal. Um, they would sacrifice this animal. Then everybody would celebrate and eat. It's where a lot of the festivals and, and things come from. At some point in time, and I'll leave out a lot of this story. You can look into it. At some point in time, um, somebody came to the rabbi and asked the rabbi, Rabbi, uh, why is it that we can come and sacrifice an animal and all of our sins are forgiven and now we're all good and now we're all like fine to walk out of this room when there's still hurt and pain that exists with our neighbors? I'm still mad at my neighbor. I can't get over the fact that my neighbor hurt me, but yet now we go to the sacrifice together. Everybody leaves and we're supposed to be all good. That doesn't make sense to me. And the rabbi responded with like, hey, you might be right. Let's look into this a little bit. And so there's something that came up called the guilt sacrifice. Um, Jesus spoke, speaks about it. Um, in Judaism, it became very much a focus of how people entered into um, the sacrifice themselves. The main sacrifice was to confront the problems in your life with other people or yourself before you think everything's going to get cleared up. Right. And so what I mean by this is before you walk in to have the big old sacrifice where you can leave and just start celebrating again and having that freedom and your burdens lifted, maybe there's some stuff you need to fix in your own life before you ever step foot into that 
main sacrifice. Maybe there's some people you need to confront. Uh, maybe there's some things in, within yourself you need to start fixing and tweaking and, and thinking about and meditating on. And for me, I've had to do that often. I have to do it daily uh, where my emotions come up and I say, I'm j- uh, what is going on? Let me check myself. And sometimes, Nick Vile can attest to this, sometimes I have to call that person and say, hey, I'm mad at you. And this is why. Let's talk it out. And then we talk it out. Talk guess it what out. happens? So we do. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I didn't even mean to do that, but that's good. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then there's something beautiful that happens from those moments. Yeah, um, definitely is. Yeah, some healing. I wanted to harp a little bit on what you were saying earlier about you know your support system. You know, you wanted them to hold you accountable, and and the criticism that you're receiving from your community. Like, I just want to tell you, man. Like, I really appreciate you because, according to my wife, you were actually one of the few people in Bachelor Nation to reach out to her during you know, these last couple of years during those turbulent times. And you came to her wanting to gain more knowledge and you were eager uh, to know how you could just be an ally to people of color. And you were open in growing as a person. And it seems like, you know, you're, you're, you're telling us that now. Um, but at the same time, you've also received heat in your past about your views and your beliefs. Um, and it seems like people put you in a box and yeah. you don't necessarily hear that criticism with other people in Bachelor Nation. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but again, we would be remiss if we didn't bring it up, but you know, your ex Lauren was seen in a photo at a bridal shower with Candace Owens. You know, how do you, how does that make you feel that people seem to hold you in essence to like a different standard than other people in Bachelor Nation? Mm. So with uh, with Lauren, are you saying like she didn't receive the criticism or well, I somehow got criticism because she was there? I just feel like maybe you get more criticism. Mm. I mean, I don't know if maybe because you're yeah, a bachelor fair. or whatnot. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, Brian, I don't know how to answer that. Um, I can I can um, try to to walk through it uh, w- alongside of all of us. Um, you know, it hurts. Uh, it is hitting my biggest insecurity. And so I've had, had people in Bachelor Nation, people, friends of mine, when I say, hey, I feel unlovable. What I'm really saying is I feel unlikable. I feel like the more people get to know me, the less they're going to like me, the less they're, they're, gonna, they're un, un, going to understand me. And here's the truth of it. I'm a mystery unto myself, guys. Like, I don't understand myself half the time. What I do know is that I'm, I'm trying uh, and that I, and I, I, I'm attempting to figure this thing out. I, I think... I would actually maybe assume that that's maybe the most any of us can say is that we're trying, that we're trying to figure ourselves out, figure each other out, trying to love people a little bit better, probably going to fall very short very often, try to stand back up and do it again well. Um, I also think I've brought it on myself. Uh, You know, I I ran for office in 2016, um, the same year Trump uh, announced that he was going to be... running for president underneath the same party that I was running. Um, I do want to remind people that the Republican Party looked a lot different pre-2016 than it did post-2016. Um, and so I think that was unfortunate. It was unfortunate timing, right? Uh, the conversation got got really heated. Both sides got really mad at each other. I'm not saying anything politically here other than like it, it I think we could all attest it felt like bun- one side was yelling at the other side and the other side was yelling at the other side and it just felt like it got very chaotic very fast politically um, I also think I am a white Christian from the Midwest uh, I don't think uh, Christians have the best PR 
in this country right now. I think the loudest voices oftentimes um, are the most hurt voices. And I think oftentimes are the voices that they are trying to prove something that I personally don't feel like are, is important to prove. They're yelling and they are screaming and they are fighting every battle they believe is worth fighting. I don't believe that was the way of Jesus. I don't believe that's how Jesus thought. I think the people that are contemplating and meditating and trying to figure out what the most helpful solutions to these problems are or the most helpful ways to love people are, are the ones probably staying quiet because they're meditating and trying to gain wisdom. They're trying to listen more than they speak. They're trying to stay curious. I would like to hope that I fall in that camp um, where curiosity is a lot more important to me um, than having truths and facts that I put my stake down on at the expense of other people. Um, but I think there's a lot of assumptions made beyond that with just where I grew up, uh, what I associate myself with or what I did associate myself with. Um, also, uh, probably uh, a lack of knowledge and naivete on my part on things I would say or stand up for. It's why, you know, I, I, I called Rachel or texted Rachel, whatever, however we communicated. I remember that time I was sitting when all the news was coming out and Chris Harrison is a good friend of mine. Um, I, I like Chris. I will never say I don't like Chris. Um, but I also felt like, hey, there's two people involved here. And, and even though my bias is towards my friend, who I care a lot about and who I, I, I really like, I also know there's another person that's probably hurting in this. And, I, I, and, and because of our both of us being leads, I felt like, hey, maybe if she wanted to, I could just tell her, hey, I, I hear you. And I'm sorry that this is happening to you. Where were you coming from in this? What What do you? One of the questions that we we talked about was like, what do you hope comes from this? Like, what good is going to come from this? I want to hear what you think, Rachel, so that I'm not assuming that I'm not sitting back angry, that I'm not sitting back being like this was the worst thing to ever happen. That I can say, okay, this was Rachel's intent. This is what happened. This is where we hope it goes. This is why we hope it goes there. Now we all understand. And 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 I think, Brian, um, my hope from here on out in life is just to try to understand. I might not always agree, but I can at least understand. I can stay curious. I can open up the door. The criticism piece, man, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a conversation I have in my head all the time hmm. is why do I still feel like when people get to know me better, they like me less. That might be something I always battle. Um, it's been a battle for as long as I can remember. Um, I don't know if I'll ever have the answer to that. I, I don't know if that's an untruth, a, a non-truth that I'm speaking into myself and I'm just validating it by every example that exists in this world or if that is a truth that I need to continue to tweak at and figure out is like, what am I doing to people to make them feel um, so distant at times um, mm. or so angry at times? I don't know. I, I, maybe you could tell me um, that better than I could tell myself. Mm. Love that, man. Well, I just want to tell you, I, I, I appreciated that from you a lot, man. Just you reaching out, you know, because obviously she was going through it at the time. Yeah. And, you know, it was just good to hear from somebody that was, you know, being genuine and trying to genuine be, genuinely be an ally in that situation. So, you know, I just want to – and you – listen, man, you're, you're living your truth. You're, you want to learn. And that's, I, I think that's one thing that we all could do, right? That's all we could ask for. 
It's all we can't ask for. Ben, really quick before we let you go, on a lighter note, yeah, I want to understand why were you not a part of Bachelor, you know, live on stage this year, man? Well, I got married in November. It was a, uh, I think it was like a two and a half month tour. Mm-hmm. It started in, uh, I think, mid March, and my wife and my parents and I had already agreed to going on our dream trip to Israel. Yes, and yes. Um, it was a two week trip. I felt like everything had been planned, and I it was a tough decision. Um, obviously, I, I loved doing it. It was fun. Uh, I love Becca, um, and uh, it was another way I was kind of a part of this show a little bit. Um, but I had to, I think <clears throat> everything was kind of going up against it. Could I leave my wife and feel good about it for two and a half months? You made the right uh, decision, be, man. <laughs> yeah. And then would I be okay skipping a trip to Israel that has been really impactful for me, um, post trip and I couldn't. And so I had to say no. And I had to kind of like take that deep breath, take a step forward and say, okay, that's behind me making this decision. And we did it. And I, and I don't regret it. It looked like fun. I had FOMO. I was jealous at times, um, but I was jealous for good reasons because I know how much fun that thing is. Not jealous for good reason, man. And Ben, what's up with the the Almost Famous podcast? Everybody's like talking that you don't pay attention during interviews. Can you can you let everybody know that you're actually like engaged, even though you're not necessarily like glued uh, to the screen? What's up with that? Post, well, typically I have my computer and my notes sitting off to the side and I'm writing. And so like, yeah, I'm going to be looking like this. But I'm like writing my notes. I, 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 that's like a thing. Yeah. So I don't know how we change that. <laughs> I agree. I, uh, I, I take but, notes yeah, like then, so softly when I do these pods. Yeah. Then they post. I heard chooses to post the videos where I'm like looking <laughs> the worst. Um, but I feel like I'm engaged in the conversations. I mean, I'm talking. I feel like I'm asking questions that aren't like, whoa, what are you talking about? And you've been listening for two hours. <laughs> I feel like I've been listening. Um, I don't know. I don't, that's a good question. Well, for everybody out there, guys, Ben is yeah. listening. Okay. I'm ben listening. is listening. I'm man, there. we got to let you go, man. I'm not going to get in trouble from your wife or nobody else. I definitely appreciate you being on, just being so honest yeah, and man. open. We can Thank have a part you. two uh, with you. There's so much to talk about. And just I like, like I said from the beginning, I'll say the same thing. You, I've always thought you to be a great guy. I appreciate that. This is the quickest hour of my life, by the way. I felt like I just talked for an hour. I felt like I needed some like some people to talk to, and I'm glad you guys are, are hitting them on the on the head. And um, I wish you both the best, Brian. Please tell Rachel I said hello. Well done, um, and uh, just uh, keep doing good stuff, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for you, being man. on, man. We appreciate you. All right, Mike, we had such a great conversation with Ben. We didn't even get, I mean, he dropped so many gems on the episode. I guess we didn't really need one from him at the end, but I want to hear yours, man. What you got? Are you going to throw me in a spot like that? Uh, You know, I never come in with a gem, but I always have the gem. I always have one after our conversations. And what I do with my friends and the people I love and care about, and it's kind of what Ben alluded to, you got to have that core. The core is extremely important. And if you don't have that core, I suggest you go start doing something that you individually like to do, whether it be play pickleball, play spike ball, play volleyball, go to the library and read a new book. Um, One way to find your core people, but reach out to them, ask them genuine questions, ask them to keep you accountable. That stuff has held its weight in wonders for me personally. Love that, love that. Your question or the hot take earlier today, uh, 
just made me think of this post that I saw about, you know, the 10 to 15, 20 years back. Would mm-hmm. you change anything? But I just want to read it right here. It says, life changes. You lose love. You lose friends. You lose pieces of yourself that you never imagined would be gone. And then without you even realizing it, these pieces come back. New love enters. Better friends come along. And a stronger, wise you is staring back in the mirror. So, you know, I I know sometimes people feel like, oh, you know, my life is over. I broke up with this person. I thought they were the love of my life. I mean, life goes on and you're going to fall in love again. You're going to make new friends. Life changes. Brian, I ain't fell in love again yet. (laughs) When is it going to (laughs) happen? Ladies, we got to fix this. No, we got to fix this. this. Uh, It's like Dr. Amen said, you know, don't make a a permanent solution for a temporary feeling. Oh, man, that was a... Insightful conversation, man. I feel like, you know, Ben was very, very open and, and vulnerable with us. What do you think? Oh, definitely so. Ben is, like I said from the beginning, every time I have a conversation with Ben, I'd never say nothing bad about the guy. He's uh, always open, honest, always wanting to give of himself. Um, and I, th- I think it's it's funny. I think he's playing the role of, I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. I'll do better, you know, a bit. But like, and the first fi- step is admitting that, right? I, I find that to be oh. so, like, he genuinely, and that's the key word, he genuinely wants to be just a great human being to yeah. all that he encounters. Yeah. That's what I get from Ben. Uh, I know that him and Jessica, uh, I wish them nothing but the absolute best. Yeah, hopefully some uh, mini Higgins in the future, near future so, now. So, so yeah, man. So I, mini Higgins. I mean, I, I don't so know. He gyms. He did, he did. I... I met him briefly uh i think it was lip sync battle <laughs> like so i mean back in the day but i've never really had a, a full-on conversation with him in person but you know just the way you speak about him and you know our conversation today he seems like a, a really great guy oh, he definitely is man and with that being said ladies and gentlemen we love you guys thank you so much for listening to today's episode we hope you enjoyed it now we definitely appreciate you guys listening to today's episode keep stopping us in the streets when you like the episode let us know when you don't like it let us know as well more so let brian know and you know with that <laughs> being said <laughs> let me know please we always do love to hear your opinions your stories honestly and your insight please don't forget to like comment follow message us on social at talking about b as ambassador and as an nation on instagram and as always you know where to find us you know where to follow us at you know where to get our content at this is for you we do it for you and baby don't dm me no more till you hit that subscribe we love you oh,